somebody say, God has given us an inheritance. Hallelujah. You can play too. Y'all just play light. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let's look at Deuteronomy 15.4. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your word. Somebody say, I have a, obtained an inheritance. Amen. Okay. Deuteronomy 15.4 says, Save when there shall be no, more, no poor among you, for the Lord shall greatly bless you in the land which the Lord your God gives you for an inheritance to possess it. Did you know that you have an inheritance because you are a child of God? And the only requirement of that is for you to be a child of God. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. You say, what is our inheritance? It's to be saved. He said, we're heirs of salvation. It's to be healed because he said it's the heritage of the Lord, our healing. It's to be delivered because he said the seed of the righteous shall be delivered. That's your inheritance. And this is the year God showed me in January. This is the year of, to take back everything that the enemy has taken from us. This is the year. This is the year of, of your inheritance. This is the year, just like in the natural, if you would go get that from your father that that went on to heaven and you have an inheritance, you got to go pick it up and you got to go take it. You got to go over there and possess that land. You got to move people out if they're on that land. You got to take your inheritance. Somebody say, I'm going to take my inheritance. I'm going to take what God's given me. Amen. In Leviticus 25, uh, we'll start with verse 10. Thank you, Jesus. Because this is the year of Jubilee. The Jubilee started September 2015, and it goes through September 2016. So we want to look at what do we get when, we, when it's the year of Jubilee. And I, well, 25 verse 10 says, And you shall hallow the 50th year. Jubilee comes around on, on every 50th year and proclaim liberty. That's the first thing you get. Somebody say, in my inheritance, I get to be set free. Hallelujah. Proclaim liberty throughout all the land to all the inhabitants thereof. It shall be a jubilee to you, and you shall return every man to his possession. And you shall return every man to his family. What did we say earlier? God restoring families. Amen. Hallelujah. Verse 12, it is the jubilee. It shall be holy to you. You may have to get some things out of your life this year that seemed to be okay last year that you didn't feel convicted over. Well, God's drawn you to a higher place. He's drawn you to a holy place. He said it will be holy to you. You shall eat the increase. So I get set free, and then I get to eat the increase. Hallelujah. In the year of jubilee, I'll return every man to his possessions. In verse 13, Verse 14, he says, do not oppress one another. Do not uh, cause harm to people. Don't go and, and do things on purpose. Don't re render evil to evil. Don't, don't pay back people when they do you wrong. Love hardly even notices when somebody does it wrong. Amen? First Corinthians chapter 13, love hardly even notices when somebody does it wrong. So we're not going to oppress one another. We're going to set people free. We're going to bring liberty wherever we go. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 18, 
Wherefore you shall do my statutes and keep my judgments and do them, and you shall dwell in the land in safety. Somebody say, I'm going to be in safety this year. Safety. And in verse 21, he said, I'll command the blessings upon you. And he said, you don't even have to sow as much this year. You don't have to sow as much because you're going to eat from the old fruit. You're going to eat from the old store. And, and what you do is going to produce fruit for three years. The land shall not be sowed forever, for the land is mine. For you are strangers and sojourners with me. And in all the land of your possession, you shall have great redemption. So I'm going to get set free. I'm going to get to possess my land. I'm going to get free from oppression. I'm going to be safe. The, the land's going to yield her fruit. And I'm going to eat and fill. God's going to command a blessing upon my life. There's going to be redemption for me, which is him paying back everything for me. Hallelujah. He said in verse 25, if your brother can't even get his own possession, then you go get it for him. You redeem it for your kin folks. Hallelujah. I'm going to possess my land for my brother and my sister that may not have the strength to possess their own land. I'm going to go help them, and I'm going to be their redeemer like Boaz. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We give you praise for it, God. Hallelujah. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. We give you praise that this is our year of jubilee. This is our year to take back everything that the enemy thought that he could keep forever from us. When the thieves found out, he's got to give back 70 times. He's got to give back seven times, God. This is our year of double, God. This is my year, Isaiah said in 2-7, where I'm going to possess my land, and you're going to give me double in my land. When I go into my land, I'm going to get double possessions. I'm going to be like Job and everything the enemy ever took from me. He's going to have to give it back double. Hallelujah. He's going to have to give it back double. He's going to have to give my children back on fire for God double. He's going to have to give me health back double. He's going to have to give me deliverance back double. He's going to have to give me debt cancellation double. Glory to God. Somebody say, I want double. Well, God promised it for you in Isaiah. He said, you go, this year you go. Dr. Sorella, the man of God we're under, he said, this is the year of double, double. But I got to go take my inheritance. I got to know that I have one. I got to know that God paid the price when he sent his son. He sent Jesus in there to pay that price for us. And the enemy's job is to steal kill and destroy so if you feel any lack in your life it is not God trying to teach you a lesson it's the enemy coming to try to destroy you and God's saying I come to set you free I come to give you life and give it to you more abundantly I come to give life to you I came to set you free I came to comfort those that mourn to bind up the wounds to set the captive free to comfort those that mourn God come to give us life he didn't come to take from you. He came to give to you. Hallelujah. You say, how do I know I can get this inheritance if you're a child of God? Romans 8, verse 16. Let's look at it. Romans 8, 16 and 17. Thank you, Jesus. says the spirit itself bears witness with our spirit 
that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs. Somebody say, I'm an heir. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified with him. Somebody say, I have an inheritance. Ephesians 1, we won't read all of it for the sake of time, but verse 11 through 18. Let's just turn there and look at it, though. Ephesians 1, 11 through 18. I might have to read some of it. In whom we also have obtained an inheritance. Somebody say, I have obtained, which means already, an inheritance. Being predestinated according to the purpose of him who works all things after the counsel of his own will. God predestined before the world began for me to have an inheritance. Anywhere you see in the word where it says heritage or inheritance, it's the same word in the Greek. It, it means the same thing. God's leaving you a will. He's leaving you a testament. He's leaving you uh, whatever you want. Whatever you want. God said, I'll give you the desires of your heart. Delight yourself in me, and I'll give you the desires of your heart. My daughter wanted, what kind of dog is it, Michelle? Great Pyrenees. Do you think we see a lot of them around here? It's, it's, how big is it, Pastor Casey? About 90 pounds. I'm a little scared of her. But someone just walked up to Michelle and said, God told me to give you this. You know? So he gives us the desires of our heart. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hebrews 9:12 says we have an eternal inheritance with the Lord. If I didn't get any of those other things, if I served God my whole life and I had, a, I had uh, something wrong with my hip, I would still get eternity. If I served God my whole life and I couldn't get past one thing that just kept vexing me, I would still have eternity with God. If I, if I spent my whole life and never got to see anything but cross it, I'd still have eternity with God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. But when you go after God, he takes you places. He takes you. He gets you out of that environment and puts you in other ones so you can release his spirit and release his word throughout the land. When you have an inheritance with God, he, he wants it to keep going. He, he don't have any limit on it. Remember Adam and Eve, he put them in the Garden of Eden. He said, now I want you to till the ground. He wanted it to spread. He said, be fruitful and multiply. He didn't want them to just stay in one little place. But they wanted the one thing that they wasn't supposed to have because every man and woman is born with a sin nature. And that sin nature does what that nature does. It sins. And it takes a new nature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. When? When I accept the new nature of Jesus Christ. When I have a sin nature, I'm going to do what sin does. I'm going to sin or I'm going to try to be good enough. And I'm never going to obtain to what my parents want. But when I accept Jesus Christ, he comes on the inside of me. And he is our inheritance. He is the one that comes. He brings the word of life. And he comes on the inside of you. And that dead man, he quickens it and he brings it to life. And it comes forth. He said, put off the old man and put on the new now. You don't, if you steal, steal no more, he said. If you gossip, you don't have to do that anymore because you're the new man now. 
If you cuss your wife out and you've had five leave you because you got a problem with abuse, you don't have to do it anymore. God came to set you free. And when those things come up in you, when that anger comes up, then you say, uh-uh, that's the old man, and I throw him back down in the name of Jesus. Hey, I step on his feet. If, if I'm going to hit anybody, it's going to be the enemy. If I'm going to be mean, it's going to be to the devil. We break that curse of abuse. I command you to come out. Come out of the, come out of the body. Come out of the body of crime. Thank you, Jesus. And we lose healing. So I've been, I've been predestined to have an inheritance with God. You say, well, why isn't everything fixed for me? Well, we have to take our inheritance. Somebody's got to teach us how to live in victory. Because we got saved, but our mind is not totally renewed the day after we got saved. That's why he said, renew your mind, Romans 12, 1 and 2. Be transformed into the image of God by the renewing of your mind. So everything that happened to you before salvation, those feelings, those emotions, that baggage, that, that hurt, that lonely, everything that happened to you, God has to start taking that out. The Bible says little by little so they don't overtake you. Because they didn't happen to us all at once. It, it took years for me to get some healing. And people don't teach that much. They teach, oh, you're okay. Just, 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 you know, straighten up. You know how to be. Well, if I have a spirit in me that, that someone did to me when I was a child, and that thing still makes me want to do that to somebody else, and I've been saved five years, then there must be more. There must be some place I can go in God to get that out of me. There must, there must be something else. How, if, the, if I keep reaping the same thing and I keep going after God but nothing ever changes, there's some place that I need someone to teach me. There's another place. There's another place in God where you can be clean. Jesus said that Satan came and he didn't find anything in me. In John 14, he said, Satan came and he didn't find anything in me. That's why Jesus can live in victory. That's why he could live in 100% victory 100% of the time. He didn't have any offense. He didn't have any hurt. He didn't have any bitterness. He didn't have, did things happen to him? Yes, things happened to him. But he, he didn't have any of that in his heart. Because if you have it in your heart, the enemy knows where that's at. And he's going to send that person to offend you again. He's going to send somebody else to say the same thing that got you out of church the last time. Why does that keep happening? Because there's something in there that I haven't learned that I, can, that I have authority over, but i got to go back to when that happened to me. And i gotta, I got to confess my sin one to another so I can be healed. You don't got to tell it to everybody. But at least tell it to God. At least don't try to keep it hid from God because that's going to keep you bound. One time I was uh, going to this revival, and I was saved. I don't know how old I was, maybe 19. And the Holy Ghost said, tell that man that you got lust. I said, uh-uh. No, I'm not telling that. He said, God said, you want to be free? You've been asking me. You see these pictures all the time. You've been saved three years. You're still seeing them. Do you want to be free? 
So everybody's running up to the altar, and I ran up there. He's one of the ones y'all like. They used to come to Bastrop all the time, David, David Hogan. So I said, okay, God. And I ran up there, and I didn't open my eyes. I said, I got a spirit of lust. He said, boom, and I hit that floor. Never had another picture, another day in my life. What happened? I responded to the Holy Ghost. I responded. There was another place that nobody told me you can be free. And then I go to church and I try to live all holy. And I got all these feelings and can't look at a man because I'm scared I'm going to think something. You don't have to live like that. God came to set us free. He gave us an inheritance of freedom. He gave us an inheritance of liberty. He came to set the captive free. Hey, he came to set us free. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody say, I've been predestined to have an inheritance. Ephesians 1.22. He put all things under his feet and gave Christ to be head over all things in the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that fills all in all. We have authority over the enemy. But we have to take that authority. It's not just automatic. That's why some people in here are struggling and you're still, you don't think you can be saved because you tried it before. And it, it's like it never, there was never a breakthrough in some areas in your life. But God wants to let you know that if you'll just keep walking with him, he will bring you out of bondage. What did he do with the children of Israel? He said, I got an inheritance for you. It's called the promised land, but you're going to have to get out of Egypt and get up and go to a land that you know not of, Abraham. You're going to have to do something you've never done by entering into the spirit, by running to the front when he tells you they're doing something that God said to do. And when you do that, he says, I'm going to come upon you, Abraham, and I'm going to take you into a land full of milk and honey. I'm going to take you to a prosperous land. I'm going to give you your inheritance. And Joseph believed so much in this promise that God was going to bring people into the promised land. He said, when I die, Moses, he said, take my bones to the promised land. He believed in the inheritance of the Lord. He believed that God said, I've given you these things, and I'm going to take you into that land, which is your promises getting answered in 2016. That is where God wants to take you, that there's not one prayer request that did not get answered by the end of this year. God, we prophesy right now. Put your prayer requests in your mouth. God, I thank you for saving my son. I thank you for healing my daughter. I thank you for restoration in my family. I thank you for healing my marriage. God, I believe you right now that I have an inheritance with you because of what Jesus did for me on Calvary, because he came and bore the stripes for my healing, because he came and bore my sin when he knew no sin, because he came so I could be set free. And in the name of Jesus, God, we just thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for setting us free. We give you praise for it, God. Hallelujah. Somebody say, I obtained an inheritance with God. Thank you, Jesus. Let's look at uh, Hebrews, or maybe 6. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you. I have obtained an inheritance. 
Yes, it's already mine. Thank you, Jesus. Let's look at Hebrews 6.12. That ye be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherited the promises. Through what? Faith and patience. But when God made a promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself, saying, Surely blessing I will bless you, and multiplying I will multiply you. Does that sound like he wants us poor, broke, or sick? No. And so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. After Abraham patiently endured, he obtained the promise. Amen. Okay, now let's look over here to some of these mighty men of, uh, of faith and see what they did. And we'll go. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. What is faith? It's, it's believing in something that I don't already have. If I already have it, it don't take any faith. If I just produce what I have all the time, I'm not operating in faith. I'm operating in my head. It takes faith to say, God's a God of miracles. Come in. But, but it's because his spirit told me to do that. Because if we just do that in our flesh, it's not going to work. It's got to be through the spirit of God. Amen. But it takes faith to operate. To obtain your promise, God probably going to ask you, like he did Abraham, I want you to go somewhere you've never been before. I want you to do something you've never done before. Every miracle from God it, that I've seen requires some kind of obedience, you know. People focus on the money, but I focus on, did God tell you to lift your hands? Did God tell you to say, I love you, Jesus? Because those things were hard for me. When I got saved, I couldn't even pray out loud. I couldn't lift my hands. And Pastor D, my mentor, she said, are you even saved? Because I don't ever see you praise God. I don't see you open your mouth and tell him who he is for you. And, and I remember getting offended and wanting to leave the church. But I went home and I said, God, what is she talking about? I don't see nobody in the church I was in doing that. What is she wanting me to do? And he's just wanting me to open my mouth. The Bible says open, the, open our mouth and declare what God is for us. Hallelujah. God, we can't just sit on pews for 40 years and never open our mouth and say, we love you, Jesus. You are King of kings and Lord of lords. We can do that, but we're not going to be free. If you want to be free today, you got to open your mouth and say something that you never said to God. And trust Him with your whole heart, your mind, and your soul. So we see what faith is. Now let's just look at a few of these. Chapter 11, verse 8. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed. And he went out not knowing where he went. See, we want to know everything first. It don't work like that. That's why a lot of us don't get anything. you you got to go somewhere you've never been. you got to take a step you never took. Hallelujah. Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. What about Mary when, when, they, when the angel said, you're going to, you're going to carry this baby, and his name's going to be Jesus. She had to protect that word, because what did she say? It's according to your word. She had to go face persecution. She had to face people. Can you imagine in that day not being married and being pregnant and going around saying it's the Son of God? 
Can you imagine the persecution that she got? Verse 13 says, these all died in faith, not having received their promises. Some people believed God and didn't get to see the fulfillment of it. But he said, but, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them. Somebody said, I got to be persuaded of my promise. And they embraced them. I got to embrace them. This is chapter 11, verse 13. And I got to confess that they were strangers and pilgrims. He says, embrace it. Be persuaded, embrace it, and confess. Amen? What God has told you. Verse 17, by faith, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. God had never told me to go kill my son, you know. He that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said that in Isaac shall your seed be called. Why do you think Ishmael came first? Because God was protecting the word that was coming through Isaac. Because when I was praying about this message, God showed me, he said, the word is our inheritance. Because in John chapter 1, he said that in the beginning was the word, and the word was God, and the word is God. And he was here from the beginning, and he's here now. Verse 14 said that he came and dwelt among us. He, he came in the flesh. So our inheritance is the word of God. Our inheritance is the promises of God. Hallelujah. Our inheritance is the word that God births on the inside of you. And when you accepted Jesus Christ, an inheritance came into you. You already obtained it. You already owned it. It's already yours. Now just rise up and take your inheritance this year. Rise up and obtain your promise. Rise up and believe God. Because there's only two reasons that they didn't receive the promise. And one of them was Esau when he sold it for something in the world. We make fun of him saying he wanted a bowl of stew. Yes, but maybe you want some, a good job. Esau sold his birthright for something in the world. And the other one is they died in the wilderness because of their unbelief. There's only two reasons that you won't get your inheritance. And it's if you sell your birthright or you don't believe God. But if you believe God and you go and do the things he tells you to do, then you receive every one of his promises because they're our inheritance. They came forth with the word of God. They came forth. He impregnated you with the word, the word on the inside of you. It's incorruptible. Nobody can kill it. They can come and kill me, but they can't kill that incorruptible thing. Hey! Hey! Hebrews 11, 8, 9. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So they embraced them. And they persuaded, they was persuaded, embraced, and confessed it. Amen. By faith, they passed through the Red Seas. By dry land. Read the Hebrews 11. You see what they did by faith. Which Egyptians are saying to do were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were compassed about seven days. By faith, the harlot Rahab, you mean a harlot had faith? Harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not. See, she lived in all religion, died. Yes. All right. Rahab lived, and all religious folks died in the wilderness. They wouldn't help Josh and Caleb. They wouldn't help the spies. But she said, we've been hearing about y'all's miracles, and we know that God is with you. So yes. the only thing I ask, if I put you through this wall, is will you save my family? Because I believe. It just yeah. takes believing in it. And so she received the spies. 
And what shall I more say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and of Barak and of Samson and of Jephna, of David, of Samuel and the prophets, who through faith to do kingdoms, wrought righteousness, attained promises. Here it is again, attained promises, stopped the mouth of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed violently in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Re women received their dead raised to life again, and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. God said they're not even worthy of the world. The people that walk by faith are not even worried by... Uh, God said they're not even worthy. The world's not even worthy of them because faith is our victory. If you want anything with God, you got to believe him. You got to take a hold of your promise. You got to put it before your eyes. You got to talk about it. Yes, God, you told me. Caleb was a psalmist. You told me he's going to write songs. And every few years, he'll come on in here and he'll play a while. And then God gave me another word for me. God gave me another word for him. And he's in now. He's, he's serving God. What did I do? I looked at my promise. I said what God said about him. I didn't say what the world said about him. And every time somebody puts something on Facebook, I won't read it about him because God already gave me a promise for him. Somebody say, I'm going to obtain my promises this year. I'm going to obtain my inheritance. It's mine. It's already mine. It's already been paid for. Teach us how to receive it, God. Come on, men of God, and just pray and, and close the service. Hallelujah.